Fierce Leadership Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fierce Leadership Podcast. So we're doing something a little special on the FLP lately, and we're sharing our Leadership Foundations course. This is a seven-part series of talks on, hey, man, at the bare minimum, what does it take to be a in Christian leadership? What are the things we should know and what are the things we should do? Well, today I'm really excited because we're talking about sharing your God story. I really believe that if we don't have a piping hot passion for the God story being shared, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the way that even God has interacted with us, uh, we're just missing such a major component to what the Christian walk and what ministry is supposed to be. So over the next three podcasts, I'm sharing parts one, two, and three of really this third section of the Leadership Foundations course. I'm going to release this one right now and then two in a row for next week. That should put it at a release date of right around Easter. I want to get you stirred up so that right around Easter, you're ready to share your faith and you're ready to invite people to come to an Easter experience or however that might make sense at an Easter type of picnic or something for you to just be available and ready for the Spirit of God to use should he choose to. Whether or not that happens on Easter, What I really care about is you developing the competency to be able to share your God story in faith, but also with confidence. Let's take a listen to part one right now, how to share your God story. Today, we want to talk about how to share your God story. If you're going to be a Christian leader, we have to have this thing down of not only valuing the gospel and sharing it with people, but actually knowing how to share it, having a plan that is informed by scripture to help other people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And it's really a three-part basic plan, okay? I'm going to give you the three parts, then we're going to pull them all apart. So first, number one, pray for them. Number two, be around them. And number three, invite them. Those are That's pretty much it, man. Pray for them, be around them, and invite them. That's the three-part plan. Let's start with the first part, which is pray for them. And we're going to call this spiritual preparation. Spiritual preparation is necessary if we're going to lead people to come to know Jesus Christ. You know, I can remember when I first came to know the Lord and I would just kind of like jump in, kind of like you just might go uh, jump into a cold pool because you want to get it over with and get used to the water. I would just jump into conversations with people about Christ. Not that it's bad to have the boldness to want to do that, but I was under preparing. So when I was a kid, my mom, she actually still does this. She makes these amazing Christmas cookies every year. They're my very favorite kind of cookie. And I wanted to know how to make them. So once when she was making them as a kid, I'm like, Mom, will you show me how to do this? And what I couldn't get down was the right flour amount. Okay, if you put in too much flour, they no longer taste the way that they should. They're not sweet enough. They taste, you know, a little bit bready. Uh, But if you don't put enough flour in, then it's when you're rolling out the dough, trying to cut these cookies, it sticks to the table. In order for the Christmas cookies to taste the right way, the cookie dough needs to be prepared the right way. And souls are similar. Their soul has to be prepared the right way with regard to how we're understanding it theologically and how we're praying for it. I'm not saying that the Lord hasn't gone before us in a lot of cases and done a lot of the preparation, but if we're going to be thoughtful and effective in terms of how we're trying to go about this, a strategy, we need to get our spiritual preparation down. So let me talk to you about six theological keys for effective witnessing. We're going to go through, through these super quick. 
we have an entire workshop on this, but I just want to get this information to you quickly. So uh, number one, the lost son in the story of the prodigal son is actually everyone. That is the everyone. Every person, men and women are spiritually lost, dead and blind. They have run away from their father, wanting to think they can do it on their own. And every one of them must have a moment of coming to their senses and turning to the father and asking for his forgiveness. Now I'm aware that some people grew up in a Christian home. They grew up in such a way that that was always their presupposition. So I'm not saying that uh, those who didn't have a you know a dramatic salvation experience need to worry about their salvation. I know that there are cases where in the home, that is just how it was always understood. Praise God for that. But for most of the world, what they need is they need a coming of their senses because they themselves are the lost son. Everybody you know, that is true of them until they come to Christ. Second theological key it takes a work of God for someone to get saved. Jesus was super clear about this. John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. We have to go knowing if God doesn't go before me and prepare this soul to hear the gospel, it doesn't really matter what I do. This is not a human thing. This is a God thing that needs to take place. That's why we can beat our head against the wall for years, wishing someone would come to Christ. And we've explained it to them seven ways from Saturday, and yet they still have not. Uh, there's something missing in the heart because the work of grace needs to be done in the heart. Here's the third key. God wants everyone to be saved. This really impacts how we're thinking about sharing the gospel. If we think that God, he only wants a few. Now I'm aware that not everyone will be saved. We know this. We know Ephesians 3.11, that God works everything according to his own purpose after the counsel of his own will. Absolutely. That happens, but also first Timothy two, three and four is true. This is good and pleases God, our savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants, God's desire is that every person comes to Jesus Christ. God knows that won't happen. So he still works everything together according to the counsel of his own purpose. He still exalts his purpose even above his will and says, my purpose will happen no matter what humans choose. But his heart yearns for every person you know. There's no one who he's like, nope, not them. Every person you know, he wants them to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is one of the reasons it's so important as we're thinking about sharing the gospel that we begin with the love of God. We need to be convinced, not just that, oh man, everyone's a sinner and they need to get it. Yes, that's true. But we need to start with the idea that God loves this person and wants them to be saved, to know his love. It was because of love that the father sent Jesus because of his great love for people. We need to see everyone has a soul that God loves. Okay, so we said the first key, uh, the lost son of the prodigal son story is everyone. Number two, it takes a work of God for someone to get saved. Number three, God wants everyone to be saved. Number four, repentance and faith are a result of encountering the word. I could preach about this all day, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That word, word is rhema. That means not just the concepts of the gospel, but a spirit personalized word to their heart. Many of you know how this goes. When you came to, to faith in Christ, there was something about it that was 
convincing, but also convicting. You knew that God was telling you that you need to be saved. That is what is necessary. People need to have repentance and faith as a result of encountering the word of God and specifically a spirit birthed version of the word of God that they understand, oh, God is asking me personally to put my faith in Christ. This also means that living by example alone does not lead people to Christ. Okay. It is by hearing the word of Christ that people come to Christ. That's why uh, preachers need to be sent. That's why witnesses need to share. We need to testify as witnesses about something. So we should forsake the idea. It is important to be a great example. And we're not all gifted the same way with communication, but we just need to understand, even if it's not me that explains it, it is not an osmosis process. I need to get someone around a place where it will be explained to them what not only the elements of the gospel are, but that God himself is speaking it to them. And that is a faith moment. Uh, where they're encountering God's word. Here's number five, fifth key, found people, find people. Here's what we mean. And this is kind of the, the thesis of this entire talk right now. It is not possible to be a faithful Christian, much less a Christian leader, and not desire to be involved in more and more people coming to a Christ. This is not something that we can say, well, that part of it is not for me. There's pieces of the Christian life that honestly, you could probably get away with not specializing in. You could probably not so much worry about how this denomination does that or what historically happened in church history back then. But nobody can really say, I care about the things God cares about if you don't care about lost people coming to Christ. This is our job, by the way. 2 Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God. And what he was just referring to is the idea of a new creation, that the old has passed away and the new has come. All of that is from God. Oh, good to know that salvation comes from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, glory to God, and gave us the ministry of of reconciliation, the evangelization of the world and our family and our friends is on us. Nobody else is coming. So we have to own it and believe it and receive it. Believers are clearly commanded to evangelize. Now, many people are ready to respond to the gospel. They just don't know how. Therefore, we have to come up with strategies and ways to share it that seem natural to us. And that's part of the problem with us is it's not natural. Really, no one ever showed us how. So we want to just put some things in our arsenal. That's what we'll talk about in the last part of this talk of how we do that in a way where it's not on us, but we're ready to go when, when God is like, hey, I'm ready to put them in. Here's the sixth key. Spiritual growth will stall unless you're intentional with people outside the church. Oh man, this is so important. Sharing our faith, sharing our God story helps us grow. There's got to be a, a point where we say, I can't just receive truth forever. I have to get truth out. There's a percentage of the body of Christ that is a spiritual gift of evangelism, but most of us don't. I know that I don't. That doesn't mean we're off the hook. We have got to share our faith in spirit-led ways, in practiced ways, in order to help people come to Christ because it helps our spiritual growth. And we actually will begin to stall if we don't make sharing our faith a regular part of what we do. So six keys. Here they are again. The lost son in the story of the prodigal son is everyone. Everybody is that person, and they need an experience of coming to their senses. 
Number two, it takes a work of God for someone to get saved. Number three, God wants everyone to be saved. Number four, repentance and faith are the result of encountering the word of God, specifically a personalized, spirit-personalized word about Jesus from the Bible. Number five, found people, find people. It is our job. Number six, spiritual growth will stall unless we're intentional with people outside the church. Now that's really good preparation. I believe that's going to make some good cookies. And why we need to care about this is because good theology helps us not only think about it the right way, but actually feel about it the right way. Good theology informs how we feel about things. It informs our faith level. It informs what we're confident about. So we need to have those theological ideas. We don't have to have them memorized, but we do have to have them internalized. With all of that, that is not going to make the best dough, though. There is one missing ingredient for this dough to make the very best Christmas cookie Christians I don't know if that's a really good idea to say that, but you know what I'm talking about. It is prayer. It takes a long time often of prayer and seed sowing to see people come to Christ. I think about from time to time, all the people, the years before I came to know Christ, who I can think back and I'm like, oh, they were a Christian. I'll bet you they were praying for me. I'll bet you that's why when I came to Christ, it kind of seemed quick to me. But it really wasn't quick. And I've just found, you've probably found this too, when you pray for people to get saved, when you pray for them to become born again, when you pray for people to come to Christ and find forgiveness, they're a whole lot more likely to than when you don't. So we want to pray. We want to pray in general, like what would be good prayers for any person. And we want to pray according to the spirit. What would be good for this person? So that means I'm going to pray stuff like, God, I'm praying for open doors to share the good news with this person, whether or not it's me. I'm praying for them to encounter the word. Remember what we said? We said they need to encounter the word of God or there's no way that they can really actually come to faith in Christ. We need them to have conviction of sin because part of salvation is repentance from sin and repentance from dead works of trying to establish their own righteousness. I want to pray for desperation for Jesus' forgiveness. That's how I felt when I came to know the Lord. I had slowly, and it was slow, it wasn't one talk with with a person. It was multiple different conversations and my own coming up against God's word, realizing, oh my word, I am evil. I am starting to understand the exceeding wickedness of sin. And it made Jesus' forgiveness not look like a given, but like a, oh, it's the only thing that will save me. We need to pray for spiritual understanding of the gospel. That means, again, not just conceptual, but the deep feeling of, I need this Savior. We need to pray that they have a sense, or that we have a sense of people's openness. You know, I don't want to just share and share and share with people that have a brick wall up right now. Maybe someday they won't, but they do in this moment. Lord, can you just show me the people you've already prepared? Maybe people have already been praying for them for a year or two. Help me pray for them And help me find the people that are open and not just, uh, I don't mind sowing seed into hard ground, but I'd rather just, you know, let's find some openness here uh, so that it's easy. Even just praying for me personally, God, who should I be praying for? Like who is in my vicinity that I don't know that a lot of work has already been done in their heart? Help me see that. And that they would experience this sense of, 
I think God is trying to get my attention. I think there's something it's not, you know, people, they miss God all the time. Things just go over the head. We want to pray that they wouldn't miss that. It is God himself. That's a very honoring and very like life halting thing. Wait a minute. God himself is trying to get a hold of little old me, not just humans. That is a powerful experience. So what do we say? It's really important in this first stage, spiritual preparation, that we prepare the Christmas cookie dough the right way. And we're going to do that by having good theology because good theology impacts how we feel about things and how we think about things and thus what we're going to be confident to step into. And it, of course, affects what we pray about. And then we need to actually do the prayer. We need to pray that sometimes even just what people particularly would, would bring conviction in their life. Maybe there's things that would convict us that that wouldn't convict them at all, but God knows what would convict them. So we pray according to uh, the spirit, God, what do they need prayer about to loosen them up? And then what do they, how do I just pray about generally what people need? And we went through some ideas there. This is the first step in a relational strategy to help people come to know Christ. And it's really important that we understand this. It can take a long time of seed sowing through prayer and relational intentionality. We'll talk about next time in the next section to see people come to Christ. So I charge you in Jesus name, let's prepare the soil well. We can do this as we follow God's strategy. 